Hello everyone, my name is Juka Sise. Welcome back to The Sister Show. We are super excited that you're back here with us. And of course, Amy always checking herself in the beginning of the show. If you could see that. Okay, it's not the Amy show. Let's move on. This is a, <laughs> this is a platform where we have honest conversations uh, to inspire and empower pretty much everyone. And of course, we do bring you burning topics that always hits home. So stick around. This is going to be a really packed hour. And by the way, we are starting a new series right here on The Sister Show. And it's called Building Out. Africa. And this is a series where we'll actually look at how do we move Africa forward and uh, socially, economically, politically, and also environmentally. These are all things that we will have conversations about on this series called Building Africa. And of course, like I said, we have the special guest here that's going to have that discussion with us. So stick around. Of course, as always, we have the hot soup conversation that's going to come at the end of the show. You don't want to miss that part. It's going to be a great one again and we will see who you uh side with on that conversation we start out with let's connect that. first let's say hello to my Very sisters nice. i talk always a lot before we start the show so hello sisters hello amy we missed you you haven't been here for a while and on that note if you're looking and trying to figure out where's dr mom's uh, unfortunately, it, I'm talking about Dr. Moms here, not you, Amy. Thank you very much. Can we wait until I finish with Dr. Moms? So if you're watching and you're wondering where Dr. Moms is, she actually is very engaged lately with this project that she's doing at work. So she's always, always busy, just as Dr. J. Send your love and hugs, and, um, and hopefully she will join us soon on this show again. But Amy, we missed you. What, where have you been? What's been going on? I've been engaged. I've been busy. I've been you engaged. You mean engage as you're busy or engage no, I got engaged. Okay. To yourself, right? But he made a mistake. He put it on the wrong finger. That that is actually my ring that she stole Oops. from me. <laughs> Ooh, lies you tell Amy. Amy, you told us at Jay Ole's house during the weekend when we met for yep. my birthday. You said Jay gave, Jay gave you some jewelry and gave you a ring, and you were asking Ole to give you a jewelry, and she said no. And then you said, Well, Jay gave me this ring and it's gold. So you stole it. <laughs> Ready and busted. Well, she was trying to rob you. Pretend like I gave her something yep. so you can feel bad and give it to her. Exactly. No, I didn't give it to her. She took it. Sounds like we're going to join Judy. Mm -hmm. What's the proof that this is her ring? So, <laughs> what about the story you told us? What's the proof that this is her ring? I have pictures of it on previous shows that I was wearing the ring. And who said this, there was only one of these rings made? <laughs> I cannot believe this. I don't even know what to say. Like, speechless. <laughs> Yeah. For the first time, if you're watching, comment below and also make sure you share this video. But first, make your first comment. Do you think that Amy sold the ring or actually this is her ring? Based on the story she told us in Las Vegas, do you think she sold the ring or is it her What's ring? Story? And don't go anywhere. It's going to be a really great show. And of course, like we said, uh, make sure you share this video and we truly appreciate everything that you guys have been doing with the sister show. We're going to start with Let's Connect right now. And that is the game that we usually play on the sister show. And we'll see who's going to be the sore loser. It's sure not going to be me. Who gets the worst move here? Amy thinks she's in a music video. Oh my God, I'm so tired of this girl. <laughs> Anyways, what do you have for us, uh, Ole, today? Amy, the dancing is over. Tell us what the game of the day is going to be on the Let's Connect segment. We all know who's going to lose. It's going to be Duke, of course, the sole loser. But today's game is called the African Accent. Uh, and Amy convinced all of us that she is the accent expert. So Amy's going to lead this game. She's going to mimic an African accent. 
and then all of us sisters are going to try and guess which country that accent came from. And if you're watching, make sure you comment below and let us know what accent Amy just did before she actually tell us what accent that is. And if you guess it right, we're watching with you right now on the show. If you guess it right, we might pick a winner. Are you guys ready? Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. Yeah, we are ready. Um, how is your father and your mother? Et uh, yeah, hey, it's here, and yeah, and yeah. Okay, Juka, go ahead. Nigerian accent. No, nope. go ahead. Liberia. Yeah. Nope. Ghanaian. The winner is Jay. Yep, because she said that's Ghanaian. If you're watching and you believe that Amy's accent for Ghanaians was right on, uh, please go ahead and comment below. But I think it was not. But okay, whatever. So J1, right? On this one. That's why you're salty. It's okay. Put your hand down. <laughs> so next accent. Oh, you're making me feel bad. You're making me feel bad. Okay, Juka. Nigerian. Nope. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say to you, but Ole, why'd you put your hand down? <laughs> because she said no. <laughs> she said from Nigeria. I'll just guess and say Sierra Leone. I have no idea. Well, you're not born in Sierra Leone, so you don't even know the Sierra Leone accent. Hey, I said Sierra Leone at first, but you were saying you were trying to like. No, but I. Okay, I can we do it again? Because I said Sierra no, I didn't say that was right, Ole. I didn't say that was right. I'm no, like, Jay, what's your pick? You didn't do that accent right because you almost sound like a Sierra but it was not specific to a Sierra accent. Jay, that's not your that's not your say. It's my say. I'm, that's I'm, your I'm pick. analyzing your answer. My pick is Sierra still. All failed. I would never do Sierra like that. The answer is Uganda. They oh. sing their words. Don't be mad. No, that's how you should have said it. It's not. No, bad. no, no, no. I it's said it that bad. way. You are not listening. Let's move on to the next accent. One How now? You think you're gonna get it? Don't. If you say what you think you're gonna say, you're gonna fail. Go ahead. She's gonna tell me what I'm thinking what? when when I haven't said what I'm thinking. How you know what I'm thinking? Go ahead, Juka. No, I'm saying those two words. One How now? Juka, go ahead. Can we have more? Nope. That's all you're getting. Okay, Ole, go ahead. <laughs> I give up. Kenya, I don't know. South African. Wow, y'all suck. That's Nigeria. Nigeria! Yeah, I tricked y'all. But you didn't ask Juka. You did not ask Juka. You did not I ask did Juka. ask Juka. I no, asked you, no you went to Ole. No, you didn't ask skip. No, 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 no. Ask me, Amy. Ask me. Juka, I'm not going to ask you again. I asked you and then you skipped yourself and went to Ole. Okay? So you guys Oh, you're all right. Guys. I did. One name means brother. Okay? Yeah, Thank you. You suck. Okay. okay. I didn't know who did it. That. <laughs> Gambia. Gambia. Me, me. Me. I didn't know who did it. That. I didn't know who did it. That. Me. I was not there. Tia me. I was not there. Tia me. I didn't see anyone. Gambia. Some Gambian accent. My friend, do you want this or you don't want this? If you don't want it, let me know, please. Ghana? No. He said he don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Nigeria, but he said no already. You guys are you guys are actually all wrong. This is just an Af this is just an angry African salesperson. <laughs> Come on, that's that's not the game. We said the country. Well, it doesn't matter. Every angry African salesperson will tell you that do you want it or you don't want it? <laughs> 
je veux, um, c'est pas grave, c'est de faire ça, c'est pas... Okay, hold on, no, 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 I'll have to find another one. My friend, my friend told me I, I can't, I, I can't go to the care. I got it. You got Liberia. Liberia. Only it's a copycat. Just by Liberia. You got you the original OG for the first time in the history of the sister show. No, no has been declared a winner. No, she didn't win. How can she be the winner? I know. Because I got Gambia. I got this one and I got another one. No, no, no. no. Okay, don't add anything. You only had two, which is Gambia and this one. So we all got Gambia and this one. So we all winners. No, I had one that you guys did not get. Remember? Oh, let you lose it. So Amy, go ahead. Mangole. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be able to speak a language, but just listen to the depth of the of my of my voice. You can go ahead. Congo. I think Congo too. Copycat, Ole. No, it's Congo. Okay, go ahead. It's Cameroon. No, it's actually Mali. So I'm gonna do one last one. Madame. Hmm. Let me tell you, eh? Hey! Chineke, this man, eh? Hmm. Nigeria. That's the only one Ole knows. So the only one was that Nigeria. Nigeria. <laughs> and the winner goes to Dr. J. You are so mean, Amy. Can you announce the second position at this? What second position? We both had the same score. No, I'm, I'm leading you, Ole. How? You guys are denying me second position. That's not fair. In in Africa, we did second position. No, you, when you have three people competing, it's second to last. No, there has never been second position in this game. <laughs> you're either the winner or you're the loser. And um, unfortunately for you, you have always been the sore loser, and you're going to be a loser today again. On that note, we're going to move on to the next segment of the show. Amy, 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 the funniest thing is... Amy, 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 Amy. I said what I said, and that's on period. Jay, you are the winner. Juka and Ule, so No, let me tell you something. The funny thing is that Juka always has this confidence. It's like the health. Oh yeah, I'm the healthy person. I'm gonna win this. Oh fitness. Yep, I'm the fitness person. I'm gonna win this. And she has never won any. Juka is a typical African president. They come the pink have all this confidence we are going to change all these roads we are going to build homes we are going to build and then you guys forget about everything i think ole will agree with that you just describe yourself if we're yeah. talking about the game i lose but when we're I talking about you, that part I, I think you're too ole are just two angry people and on that note we are moving on to the next segment of this show they're very angry salty because they lose this game jay i know you're smiling the two of them can side it's not gonna last First of all, yep. you need to give that ring back to her, okay? Exactly. <laughs> so if that's why you make her win, good luck. Thank on you. That, on that note, we're going to move right along to the next segment of the show, which is actually the main reason why this show is happening today. And hopefully, you guys have been enjoying the show and commenting below. And always don't forget to share with your friends on your walls, on the Facebook pages. We will go ahead and talk about this series. Uh, it is a new series and it's called Building Africa. How do we build Africa? And of course, we will deal with political, economical, social, and environmental issues that affect us in the continent of Africa. And who better else to do and start this series with 
Then our amazing friend, Coach Pastor Majau, his real name is actually Pastor Majau, but everyone knows him as Coach uh, from the Gambia. Hello, <laughs> Coach. Hi, brother, Coach. Hi, Coach. Well, thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. We're going to allow Coach to introduce himself to us, and then we will get into this amazing conversation. Right. So, so don't go anywhere. Stick around for this great, great uh, very important conversation. Uh, Coach, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself before we dive into how do we build Africa? My name is uh, Samba Jau. Uh, I am a Gambian. I am known as an activist, uh, but most importantly, yeah. just this simple guy who just believes that uh, we all can and must do better as a people and uh, a country, and in this case, a continent. I, I think Coach is being humble. I'll go ahead and say Coach Pasambajau is. One of the things that he's done uh, that I think will leave a mark in this world uh, now and forever is the fact that he was one of the pioneers of the Gambian struggle. And everywhere you say his name, within the Gambia, outside of the Gambia, in the diaspora, everyone knows Coach Pasambajau. Uh, I'm literally getting chills as I say these things because I know what he's done for Gambia and how, you know, how powerful and how influential he was in the fight to liberate Gambia. If you guys don't know the history of Gambia, if you go to Google right now, you'll know we had a, a dictator that was there for 22 years and coach started fighting against that regime earlier on uh, when the regime uh, took over back in 1994. And I think that's when he started the fight. Of course, most of us joined a lot later down the line, but he truly inspired everyone that was in that fight. For me, when you ask me who's coach Pasamajau, that is something that I would always be... No, but you don't know what you have done for the people of Gambia. And I think that's why my mom loves and appreciates you so much. And I think that every Gambian out there appreciates you. We just opened the show and this is happening. I didn't think this was going to happen, but I think that it's just because I see through you and I see your passion for Gambia and Africa. And we just want to say thank you, Coach Pastor Mario. And I'm not going to cry. I held it back really well. You just cried. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Thank you very much for that very generous uh, introduction. But I also have to thank you guys. I know you went through hell and everything that happened uh, to your brother uh, and his friends. But also what you did for this fight. You were fighting for every Gambian, brutalized by Yaya Jamme. And you know what? After seeing your mother, <laughs> I know where that came from. I think she is my, she is, she is a lioness. I've never seen somebody who is so unafraid of telling you the truth, irrespective of who you are. And uh, there is no there is no doubt that uh, she has become a symbol uh, of, of this fight that we are so that the victim could get the Thank you for that uh, very generous introduction. But I have to also thank you for your staff. It's, it's not about us. It's really, truly about you right now. But we do appreciate that you tried to give <laughs> back us. to us. Um, uh, but let's go ahead and start this conversation. How do we build Africa? And I know that the love that you have uh, for Gambia is the love that you have for the continent. Right. Once you start to fight for one country, if you believe in human rights, that's that's the way it ends for every human being in this world, but particularly where we come from, the continent, Africa. How do we build it? Well, that's a very loaded question, but I think uh, we cannot talk about how to build it without also looking into how, how we got into where we are today. And uh, 
if you look at Africa, we went through a lot from slavery to colonialism to neocolonialism to what we are dealing with today. And I believe that uh, it is sad that the continent, a continent that is as rich, richer than every other continent in the world in terms of natural resources, continues to be the poorest. It doesn't make sense. Coach, I totally agree with you. Um, it's quite disappointing that Africa is still where it is, uh, being actually the richest continent or one of the richest continents in the world uh, for us to still be where we are. Sometimes it kind of worries me. Why are we still at this? Why are we still stagnant like in this position? Because we could have been way, way further than where we are right now. What do you think is the root cause of this problem? Well, I think the root cause is selfishness, uh, dishonesty, and this is why I said that. Just look at slavery, for example. Mm -hmm. Where Africans were helping white people to sell their fellow Africans mm. for whatever they were getting from it. When the colonialists came, they also came. You know, the first thing was, let's rob them of the strongest man. Mm -hmm. Then colonialism came and said, you know what, they have natural resources that rob them of those natural resources. And of course, again, it was Africans who were helping the Europeans to be able to do this. And then when we finally fought for independence, this is where we thought that now we will have people who will be interested in the total well-being of all Africans. But what we got instead were leaders who were more interested in entrenching themselves in power than opening the democratic space. And I believe the lack of democracy, the lack of openness by the so-called fathers of independence is the primary reason why we are in what we are today. Because if you look at it today, hmm. When they took power, I love Pan-Africanism, but I always get in trouble when I talk about the farming groomers and all these people, because they came to power worrying about preserving themselves in leadership more than opening the space. So they, most of them built one party state. Uh, so, uh, so quite interesting, you know, it sounds like uh, you mentioned dishonesty, you mentioned leaders. So then should we bottle down the overall issue that it, maybe Africa has a leadership problem? It seems like all over Africa, right? Uh, we all have kind of like the same symptoms or the same issues with regards to whenever they get into power, it's usually enriching themselves, um, not really thinking of the other people, right? That they, that they came to serve. Whereas in the West, of course, there is also corruption, dishonesty, etc. But then it's a different dynamic. Should we speak more about like the leadership then that it may be like the root cause of all of our issues is lack of leadership and that we need to develop more leaders in Africa before they actually take on that role right we might have leaders it's lack of integrity if you ask me like there is no integrity with, with because if you lack integrity like no matter how much of um of a leadership skill you have you still are not going to succeed or you're not going to foresee what what we, we really want right it's just a lot of integrating. So, uh, so, so that all for on the leadership, right? To be a good leader, you have to have, like, that's like the basic uh, skill that you must have. You have to have integrity, right? You have to be honest. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to have empathy. So those are all yeah. as part of leadership skills, which I think to me, when I look at Africa as a whole, I believe the fundamental issue that we have is leadership. We, like, we tend to put people as leaders and we think that they are leaders, but they do not have like the basic skills, which is one of the things that you mentioned. Yeah, I, I think uh, definitely both uh, Ule and Amy uh, were right on point uh, because leadership is not the absence of integrity. It is the presence of it. 
uh, you have to have the integrity you have to have empathy empathy uh, for the people that you lead but if you look at our situation mm -hmm. is that we have confused presidency with leadership and that is people who have who desire to be at the helm not to lead but to better themselves are mistaken for leaders and I think this has been the problem for Africa. Okay, so if I get you correctly, you are saying just because you are president doesn't necessarily mean you are a leader. And most of the presidents we have are not leaders then. No, they are not. They, they, leadership comes with something. There is something that is expected of you as a leader if you're leading a country to develop it economically, socially, politically, culturally, to make sure that the lives of your people are better off, to build institutions that you will leave behind for others to, to climb on. And as long as we get to that level, Africa will continue to have that problem. And that's the problem that Africa so are we saying now then the institutions need to be stronger in order to save Africa? That's the basis of everything that you do. You cannot have a strong house if you don't have the good foundation for it. And that's what Africa is lacking. The foundation that we need, like Coach said, when our fathers of independence came into play, all what they were interested in is for their own good. And most of them were selected by the Europeans educated by the Europeans, given the knowledge that they wanted for them to have and the skills they wanted to them to have. If you go back, let's say, in the Francophone countries like Senegal and all these other countries, if you look at the statues that they signed with France, it's really disheartening. Most of the wealth that's coming from Africa is what's keeping France alive. Jacques Chirac said the day that Africa pulls its hand from France, it's a dead country. Hmm. So that tells you these people knew exactly what was happening. When they say there is independence, I still believe there is no independence. In Africa? It, yes. It's called the enslaved minds. Even though we are free within our hands, they, we don't have chains that are embodying us, but our minds are still enslaved. We are still taught to believe that we are nothing. The economy is still controlled by the West. So you cannot be free if the power that you need to enrich yourself is controlled by someone else. I agree with what, you, what you're saying, right? But then I don't think it's the governments who have to build the foundations. The foundation should be built from the homes. And then from the homes, then you come outside into society and become the leaders, right? So another thing is, which I see happen a lot, is like you said something, you said, we are still enslaved in our minds. We, how do we un enslave our minds as people? We, as people, we need to move away from the begging syndrome, right? Africa is always ready to take from the West. Now, you cannot tell me that I am going to always stand in front of your house and beg for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and you don't want me to have a say in your country. Yeah, so slavery has been uh, in Africa, and we all know the repercussions and everything that happened uh, as an aftermath because of slavery. And we, we're still dealing with a lot of um, the aftermath of that. However, slavery has ended uh, years back, but still, as Africans, yeah. we feel set back. We're still not able to move forward. And to me, I think the root cause is back to um, the leadership concept. There's this gentleman by the name of John Maxwell. He does like all this leadership training and motivational uh, speeches. He has like a huge company that goes around and train um, leaders actually all across the world. 
And one of the things that I think somebody asked him before was, how do we make sure we, we are more profitable as a company? And he pretty much, he said, you need to develop your leaders. He pretty much said that if your leaders all have like a scale of four, you can't build people underneath more than that. And you cannot be profitable more than that four. You have to build your leaders to let's say a seven, and then everything will come down. So to me, that's how I see Africa. So who are supposed to build these leaders? Like, where do we start? It, it becomes uh, a collective responsibility. And I like okay. what uh, Amy said. It has to start from the home, where you build mm -hmm. your child uh, to be selfless and not selfish. Uh, that integrity comes uh, from there. Because uh, there's uh, a saying in Wall of Nelo Jangudo Komunitari, cannot be uh, a surgeon uh, if you've never gone to school but, for it. But again, there is something that Ole said that really makes sense. You know, we have to okay, go on past slavery and colonialism and look at our situation now. How do we better it? If you look at it, the sad thing is slavery was done by outsiders who had no connection to us. Colonialism was done by outsiders who had no connection to us. Dealing with now is done to us by people who have the same color, the same blood, the same language, the same culture, the same everything. So it is important for us as a people collectively to look at ourselves and see are we getting what we are supposed to get? You look at the Gambia, for example, and not only Gambia, but Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa for the most part. The hardest working people are the farmers, but they are the poorest. Mm -hmm. And all our economies, all of our economies rely entirely, if not for the donor support, what we gain domestically relies entirely on the production that we get from these farmers. But they continue to live in wretchedness and abject poverty. So then it, it becomes important for those farmers and all of us to sit back and say, you know what, what must we do to end this? And unless we ask ourselves this question and get the right answers, our continent is going to continue to wallow in abject poverty, while a few, that's the leaders, will continue to live a very posh life, as they say. Mm -hmm. I believe what every, everyone has said here is true. But from what where court left off, we all have to be ready to do it. So, and I believe for the longest time since slavery was gone, right? Since we became independent, so-called, we've all said we are ready to step up, to take charge and build Africa. Every government, that's what they say when they come into place. But are we really ready to do it? We, our, minds, our, our minds and the way we think, we think we are ready. Our actions are speaking very different, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this is the, the, again, we have to look at the root cause of the problem. The root cause of the problem is individual, our individual selves. It's a system, right? If the system has set you up and there is no check and balances, and that's where America and the West is different. There are checks and balances that people follow. There are, there, there are rules and regulations that you follow, right? Now, when you go to Africa as a continent, okay, and you look at individual countries, there are no checks and balances. The person who is the leader who has to put these checks and balances in place is the most corrupt one, right? So then now we have to, again, look at our individual selves. And the people who are capable, who are exposed, who are educated, and who, who are knowledgeable. And education does not necessarily have to mean going to school and sitting down and and reading and writing, right? But uh, the, the people that are educated, the people that know have the know-how, have the integrity, now shy away from coming in front to actually take charge because mm. they don't even really want to be part of that system. If you look at this, this we're gonna use Gambia as an example. 
you see people who are very well capable of actually leading and you see it in them you see through them they, they have they have done amazing things in companies and institutions that they have belonged and worked for right but now they shy away from actually coming into the forefront now we also as people have to take have to take responsibility we can't sit here and complain every single day as to what's happening in our governments when when you have someone who is capable and very well educated and mature and and and, ex, and exposed and experienced stand in the back seat and just complain this is the philosophy that i have if there is a problem and you do nothing about the problem you're part of the problem so every single african is part of the african problem okay mm. because yes amy said something very important the people that are leaders that we call our so-called leaders who are just there to enrich themselves and we all know that they're going to continue to enrich themselves because it benefits them very well okay mm -hmm. the west is not going to shy away from that they're going to promote that as much as possible because that's when they can also enrich themselves Okay, our people that are just within the system, the individuals within the system, the poor people that we are fighting for, those will be the same ones that will expect some kind of a compensation or some kind of a bag of rice just so you can vote for them. It's an investment. When these politicians come and campaign and give us money, what they are doing is saying to us, here is some money that I don't have I don't know who gave it to me, but when you give me that job, whatever I'm going to do first is going to get that money back from you. So when these people come and campaign and give us cash and give us money and give us clothing, whatever it is, and you take it, you are also helping them to be corrupt. So our parents, us as parents, have to educate our kids to have self-esteem, to believe in themselves. They should be aware that hard work there should be reward for hard work but with africa the harder you work as coach said earlier the poorer you get so that mm. system has to change we have to give people credit where credit is due and then we have to penalize people like checks and balances like amy said for actions that they do we say we are ready but we are not mentally ready to change africa yeah what what you just said jay uh, is is profound and uh, that is the fundamental issue and that's where the honesty and integrity comes there is a saying uh, that we used to say in wolof palma ma ngeriñ la ak palma ma tani la dafa am like vote for me to benefit you or vote for me to benefit myself not everybody or opposition government truly believes in what they are doing maybe their opposition to such government is so that they will be able to have an opportunity to, to be part of that government and i think you really nailed it and that's where it is we have to also have the capacity and the capability to look at politicians when they come before us and determine whether those that are coming before us have the prerequisite leadership that we need to run our country we cannot just settle for anybody that just gives us food to eat or bring the drums and all these things but we have exactly. to be able to look at somebody judge somebody's character and and ask them questions look at them in the face i think our responsibility as people who uh expose and people who you know um are experienced right is to actually go back and educate the, the masses who are less fortunate to to be exposed like we are you see i i think sometimes when you talk to people just like i think one of our shows we said this you cannot just come and tell someone you can't vote for this but not even not dive deep into giving them examples and as to why 
and what are the consequences when you do these things? What has, how has it benefited your life? Like, how has your life changed since you voted for these people giving you bags of rice? Like, people, we, the bottom line is we, as people who are exposed and experienced, need to take charge, go out in these trenches and talk to these people and educate them and help them out and give them the knowledge in order for us to move forward as a continent. That's, that's easier said than done, right? Let's just, just think of, let's say, a large family of five or whatever the number is, and maybe they're making less than a dollar a day, and then you're going, and then they know that if they go to these politicians, they're able to at least get a bag of rice, which can help them for a month, uh, which if they were actually doing their regular farming, it may take um, a very long time for them to get, to get that money to be able to buy that rice. So you're going to that person and telling that person without giving them an alter alternative and saying, hey, you shouldn't be voting for this because you should, you should look at it long term. If you if you step back too and look at Africa as a whole or even Gambia, and usually it's not just like the poor, poor people that are voting these people, it's like the regular people that are voting these people. We, we see somebody maybe like that's outright a straight shooter and we know that this person can leave the country, but we tend to not focus on that person and we tend to vote for, for another person. And I don't know like what, what psychological thing makes that happen but that's usually what's happening in africa well like, i i totally disagree with you um because these are people who are also part of the country right no matter how poor they are and no matter how much you think because you go there and you don't have the bag of rice and you're trying to convince them that should not deter you from going to actually having the conversation with them you're but going to practical i, I but, disagree but, with you hold on hold on it doesn't matter. You see, I might be as broke as a church mouse. Don't okay, even have uh, food. What option are you giving them, Amy? But, but hold on. But, but hold on. This is the deal. Now, I don't have any food on the table to eat. I come to you and I ask you a question. We have had three leaders so far in this country. Okay? Every leader that came gave you a bag of rice each time they come to campaign. How have your how have your, your life changed with all these three leaders in these past years? Now, think about it. If 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 that bag of rice is just going to sustain you for one month and your life is still going to be miserable for the next 10 years, choose one. When I give you that option, you will tell me if you're going to want to I will take your rice and eat it. Because you are a fool for coming to bribe me. And when the elections come, I do the right thing. And that's why it's good for us to educate these people. And I'm advising you, if they come and give you a bag of rice, take the bag of rice, walk away and vote for who you think is the right choice and that's going to change your life. Promoting, then you're promoting, um, you're promoting corruption, right? Because they're giving that bag of rice. It's money of the government. What do you expect from your system? So you it doesn't matter. African leaders are going to be corrupt. American leaders are corrupt. You cannot take away the corruption out of it. Now, it's your duty and your responsibility to know and have the integrity of knowing what do I do that's right. If I was still in the village in Yamina, the Sokhadugu, right? <laughs> I would be just the same person that will take the bag of rice because that's where my exposure and the civic education, that's where it stops, right? So therefore what I'm saying is because you are exposed, you know ABC is this, and they don't, right? And so if you go and knock on their door two times and tell them, they are still not, not, not gonna get it the same way you and I or coach and every viewer that's out there watching, that they're gonna get it the same way. They're not, because 
you have been nurtured and been exposed to things since perhaps maybe way before you came from uh, the Gambia, from high school, when you came into the US and you started seeing things and you started believing and seeing that things need to be done differently to have a different result. So for me, it's not a practical solution. Uh, it's a, it is a hot button issue. Here's the thing, there should be a balance. Uh, I remember when uh, Wada defeated Abduju, there was this song that Uzak came with and his advice to the voters was, if they give you a bag of rice, take it. If they give you a gallon of oil, take it. But when you're voting, vote for your interest. Thank you. That was that was his philosophy. But the thing is, it uh, all comes back to education. And our leaders have refused to educate our people because they don't want them to be aware to the extent where you can come to them exactly. and they'll say, you know what? I don't need your bag of rice. So should we, we say civic education? No, it's, it's key. You see, you see, they, they, if you look at uh, Singapore, I remember in the 80s and early 90s, Jawara had this Singaporean dream that he was going to transform the Gambia into Singapore. Singapore had its, had its independence on the 9th of August, 1965. It was about almost six months or so after Gambia gained its independence. Mm -hmm. It has no natural resources whatsoever, nothing. But today, <laughs> I think their GDP is over $2 trillion. Wow. And they have no natural resources. But what they did, after they gained their independence, was to ensure that there was education in the country. If you look at the numbers today, 95.7% of their women are educated, about 98.98% of men are educated in that country. Wow. They focus on education and they were able to transform their country, which was poor, just like all of us. Only difference is we had natural resources. So they had no, 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 no material products. They are not doing that because they don't have that. But they were able to use their port to become the center of attraction for trade. Everybody comes there. They were able to do that. There is something that some of these Asian countries have that we do not have. Well, they try to educate their masses. And secondly, corruption, you get the death penalty. For the most part, you know, that's, it's, a, bit, it's, that's a bit extreme, though. You wouldn't, well, you wouldn't like extreme. that as an activist. An example, it's extreme. <laughs> but again, look at corruption too. The effects of corruption, because the effects of corruption is the reason why our women are giving births at, at hospitals and dying from from this thing. Childbirth is the reason why a lot of people are dying because they cannot even have medicine for their diabetes. It's the reason why our road, everything that is killing Africans today, is a, as a result of corruption. We we reduce Africa into the producers of raw materials. We have mm -hmm. all the raw materials. Even the cell phone that you use, you are able to use it because the material has to come from Africa. Mm -hmm. The food that you eat, you are able to eat it because it comes from Africa. You look at, let's say, the Gambia, for example. We have our ocean. The EU came to us and told us that we are going to pay you 500,000 euros every year so that we can fish tuna. You know how expensive that is in this country here. Mm -hmm. So we don't have a problem with it. You say, oh, that's fine. You do it. And it is supposedly our leaders who are entering into these agreements. So we have to first educate our people. Second, be led by people who are not only knowledgeable, but have the integrity to do what is required of them. That is to work in the interest of the people. If we have the right leaders who are characterized by love for country patriotism and integrity, Africa will move from producing raw materials to processing those raw, raw materials, thereby making us the marketplace 
for all the needs of the world because we are capable of feeding the whole world based on the natural resources that we have. And coach, you're absolutely right. Like if you go to a country like Guinea, mm -hmm. right? And you go in, in deep inside their villages, it's beautiful. So much green, mm -hmm. so much wealth, mm -hmm. but yet still one of the poorest countries in Africa. Yeah. And even Mali, you go into Gambia, between Senegal and Gambia, Casamas. Nature has done so much for that, those, these countries. Like you said, the natural resources. But those are yet still the poorest countries. Look at Congo. All the coffee in the United States, most of it comes from Congo. Go to Congo, in front of the clubs, they have kids at night begging because they need to feed their family. The kids are feeding their families, the mom and dad. It's horrible, it's very sad. So where do we go from now? From what coach said and everybody says, what are the solutions? What are the practical solutions we could literally take, start to look at as Africans and bring an end to this devastating effects that we've had from slavery to now that is still going on? So just to add to what coach said about education, right? I think that's, that's one of the key practical things. Um, you could say that a lot of Gambians are already educated, but do we have like the right type of education that will get you into that mindset where you elevate yourself from thinking self all the time, but maybe law for country, which I think is something like, that's one of the key things I think that help in terms of like their progress. There's a lot of law for country. Whereas if you compare that to Africa, it's usually about me, me, me. What can I do for me, myself, mm. right? Instead of looking at the overall picture of the country. So I think education, but maybe putting the right uh, courses of education, maybe the civic education in terms of showing kids at a young age that you have to have like love for country. For Patriotism. Yeah, exactly. Patriotism before love for self. So I think that's one. Um, the other thing is we have to be willing to sacrifice because um, we can't just go from like where we are now to let's say Singapore without people sacrificing. So uh, coach mentioned about like Singapore, um, how it has the same year as Gambia in terms of independence. Uh, if you look at Korea, it's very, very advanced. That's where Samsung, um, the company Samsung is based off of. Um, I, was I was talking to a friend that's actually from there because I was trying to figure out like, okay, how come we, we Africans can just get there? Like even a country like Korea, it's not that old. Um, they came from like a very, very brutal war and all of that. But now like if you go over there, I think ways of living or the quality of living is even actually better than better than the US. And they were able to achieve that through a lot of sacrifice. And what she said was that a lot of the businesses, they actually will go to the government and say, hey, we want to invest in X, Y, and Z. Once this is profitable, we'll give the government the, of the profit. And so a lot of the companies are actually doing that and helping the government because they knew at that point the government did not really have those resources to be able to build the country. So a lot of it was like being sacrificed by like business people in the countries. You were saying to go to the government and talk to, talk to them. Korea did that, it worked for them. Unfortunately, Africa, look at our own country, Gambia. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like it's education, right? You can just jump from- Okay, they educated first before they- exactly. so Do we have another 200 years going before we can fix this thing? No, I'm another not, 200, not years. 200 years. That's not how long it took. Korea, <laughs> but you have to start from somewhere. I cannot disagree with any of you here in terms of the education, the civic education, but who is in control of this educational system? It is the same people that we don't trust because it is not in their best interest 
for our people to be educated. So how, who are we going to give that to, to take responsibility to educate our people? I think it is us, the people that are more knowledgeable, the people that are more aware. So I think we all have responsibility. How do we move forward? That's the question that you asked. We can organize ourselves within the diaspora, commit to ourselves and said, every single person within the diaspora come up with $200 and create a system like a banking system or money transfer system. Through that system, we can organize a organized firming system where you would hire people, give them salaries, and then when there is profit, at least 5% will go towards education. You don't take that 5% and give it back to the government. I, I, I hear your solution and I know we are at, towards the end of this segment here, but knowing our people, right? And that's why I said the solution that Ole was given might take 200 years before we get there. Right. You can sacrifice that $100 and contribute it towards an organization that can build your nation. Where I'm coming from is not even the money part of it. During the struggle, the money was the least of our worries. The biggest problems, at least with the struggle, the Gambia, was people coming together. Coach, is this true or not true? Well, yes. So, so practically, where I'm going with this is, which is still the same, which is still the same problem. Juka is the selfishness, mm -hmm. right? Because so we're so selfish that we all we worry about is ourselves. Right. We, we cannot even trust coach to lead, to let coach lead. We, we all know coach, coach is a great leader. We all know coach is trustworthy. But because of my selfishness, I want to be in power. Everyone wants to be in power. So instead of trusting so how do we other break people away? to be in so control. Then, so then that solution you gave, there'll still be a roadblock if we want to do it today well, or tomorrow. And, and right? that is why, and that is why people <laughs> have to trust themselves to trust other so, people. So the basic thing I think what Jay is saying is sacrifice, because if you're able to sacrifice, you will be able to um, just let go of any selfishness or thinking somebody else is dishonest. Right. So then that will lead me to coach to say, are we all saying that civic education is where we start from before we end this segment and move on to the next segment of this uh, show. And if you're watching, continue to comment below. And, and what do you think is the solution to Africa's problem? Where do we start from everything that we talked about in this hour? Thank you very much. I like this. And uh, I think Juka and, and, and Dave, think about we are talking about the same thing. Because if it is coming together, bringing your monies together, that's coming together too. Unity, uh, in unity lies our strength as a people. And I also believe that we have the capacity as a people to be able to solve our problems. The only problem that we have in you know, solving the problem is that uh, most of our people think about themselves. If you look at Africa today, look at Rwanda. Everybody talks about Rwanda. Rwanda is great, what the guy is doing, but there is an underlying problem mm -hmm. that we end up undermining the whole progress that is made. Yes, there is a lot of developmental problems. But development has to always go hand in hand with democracy and liberty for all. Because as long as you see yourself as the only savior for a country, and this is where Africa has had its problem for a very long time. Because you look at Kegami, with everything he did, he decided to change the constitution so that he can run again until 2032 or whatever. That's a problem, mm -hmm. you know? So people have a tendency to monopolize development, to think that it is only they and they themselves who can change and guide a country. It's not your country programs, but what has continued to 
be our problem is leaders who continue to lead and do not want to go. We have seen it in Guinea. We have seen it in, 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 in Rwanda now. Not only the family members, they will in fact go and change the constitution. And they would do it at the detriment of the stability of their, their, their country. So they would want to lead to the extent that they will not even mind for people to die. So as long as we continue to have that, Africa will continue to regress. Yep. All the yep. countries in the world that develop are countries that continue to have change in leadership. You come for five years, 10 years, you go, somebody else will come. Nobody has monopoly on, on, on ideas. And I believe that unless we go past that level of where an Adam Abaro thinks that he has to be president for 15 years, or yeah, I'm not going because I'm the savior of this country, or uh, Alpha Conde, I'm the only one who can run this country, or Kigami, Mm -hmm. who is doing great in, in terms of infrastructural development, economic development, but politically you cannot continue to jail your opponents, kill your opponents, just so that you will continue to run a country because you believe that you are the only person Baby. who can run that country. And I believe unless we change that, Africa is going to continue to wallow. In I totally agree yeah, until we all forget about our own self-interest and, and think about the benefit of the people, then we cannot move forward. And I think that's that great. Goes, that takes us back to civic education, right? It's really <laughs> Changing ourselves, our minds, our hearts, the way we think, the way we act. Baby, your heart self. is not here. Your heart is here. No. The heart, the minds, right? <laughs> Wherever the heart is. Listen, the, 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 the mind controls the heart, right? So everything is here, right? But we have to change the hearts, the minds, the way we think, the way we act. We have to be resilient. When I say no, I mean no, and not even my dad is going to change that. In order for Africa to move forward, the leaders have to be principled but and be ready to see our people and just our people and take away from self-interest and, 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 and enriching ourselves and, and our people and stop taking our families to the West when they get sick and our people are, are dying in the local hospitals. We have to now start electing leaders and selecting Amy leaders. for president. Who care? Okay, no. Now let's who care for who care for us and who care for who care for the people and who care for us and not their own pockets. So Africa, step away from tribal politics, from 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 uh, uh, family politics or whoever. If my dad wants to start today for election and I know he's not capable, I am coming out and I'm telling you that he is not capable. Period. And probably, I'm probably sure you probably wouldn't even vote for him against yeah, No, because I know he's gonna give all the money away. I wouldn't be voting for him either because he would definitely be giving the money hey, away. He, he will he will give all the money away and buy and buy yakuhar and just barbecue every single day. Right. right. He'll give away every dime that he has because he's very giving. Which is probably not a good leadership skill because you have to be able to say no. No, it's um, not. Yeah, he, he, he's very quick with the hand in the pocket. Amy is just all talks, okay? When it comes down to it, I don't know. Mm. No Ole, Ole, I'll vote for Ole as, as a president. Moms, I would. Dr. J, I would. But damn, that's going to be a tough <laughs> Because you know you'll be going to jail. No, that's for sure. If you do anything wrong, you absolutely will be going to jail. That's a fact. Koi, would you vote for Jay? I will. Just that second, I will not seek for a second time. Just uh, got me. So, yes, I hey, vote. Hey, Coach, be careful. Adam Obaro said that too. I am not. I am. I am not Adam Abaro. I am not even close to Adam. Uh, would you vote for Amy? Yes. 
That's my final, final system. We have had a really great conversation. I think this was a fruitful opening of this series. Thank you so much, Pastor Major Uncle Coach, for being here with us and opening this series with us. If you're watching and you're very versed in African affairs, go ahead and send us your bio on our email or you could DM us uh, on our Facebook page and see where we can fit you in this series when we have these conversations. It's called Building Africa. And today was the opening of the series and we just had to take a deep look at what is the problem in Africa and how do we build it. And of course, we had to lay out the foundation first as Coach uh, put very well in the beginning. So go ahead and comment below. Let us know how you would build Africa and where do you think exactly the problem is and where you would start with building Africa. And on that note, thank you so much, Coach. We truly, thank you, truly Coach. Appreciate thank you, Coach. Thank you, care. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Really, really appreciate it. Let's keep on keeping on and uh, we'll be able to build the Africa that Africa deserves. And, and hope to have you again uh, as this series continues. It will be here at least once every five weeks. Uh, look out for a new uh, show on Building Africa on the Sisters Show platform. So now let's move on to the hot soup uh, segment that you guys all been waiting for. And of course, the hot soup segment is a segment where we collect and bring you all uh, burning topics that are happening around social media as well as the news. So stick around and we will hide now the first one that's been cooking on social media. And I, I don't know if you guys have seen it uh, or not, but let's go ahead and take a look at this video. At this, listen to the audio and then we'll be right back to discuss it and see what you all think. Don't forget, comment below and continue to share this video uh, to spread the information that we are sharing here. Let's take a listen and then we'll be right back. You even speak about Trump as a president when your own country in Nigeria is whack. And what I'm not understanding is you had to migrate just to live and ha have some money and have a decent economy. You had to migrate all the way to America and now you're saying Switzerland, but then you want to talk about my president. Don't talk about my president. Worry about yourself. Yo, you, I, I, hope, I hope you're helping your people back home. I hope you didn't just leave them high and dry because Nigeria's doing real bad. You could never speak on my president. You can't. That's the problem with these foreigners. We come That's here and y'all hear the fake news and then the first thing y'all want to do is insult yes, Americans yes, as if yes, as if yes, we, listen, we don't listen. We Americans love our president. Maybe y'all don't see that. Maybe y'all don't like it, but who gives a damn? He ain't y'all president. He's my president. And then you say, you know what? I said, pull back your mask off. We leaving. Let's pull us over. We leaving. We're the Talk junk about our president, but yet you in Switzerland. Please. We don't want to be in your filthy cab. No. No, don't worry about us. Go back to Nigeria. Go back to Africa, where your country is trash. Your country's trash. Go help your people in Africa. I'm about the African continent. Let me put some things in your ear real quick. First of all, the African continent is dirt poor. You got maybe about 10 countries, if anything, that just got Uber. And that's a big deal, okay? Uh, Africa, most of Africa, the continent, is third world countries, okay? You got people in Africa killing each other left and right. Their presidents are straight up communists, and they're not socialists. They don't give a damn about you. They don't even want to do that. They're straight up communists. They're taking what they can for themselves and want you to pay for it. Okay. And Homeboy's not even a Swiss native. He's from Africa. He's from Nigeria. Yet now, because he done got cute, he done, he done went from eating bowls of porridge every day 
in a hut with dirt floors to now sitting in a decent apartment. And so now he done got a little fancy and he think he can talk junk about Americans. But buddy, don't ever forget where you came from. So now, as you guys all heard, the, the hot soup uh, that we just heard that was cooking there, obviously this lady is very angry. Uh, she is from America. She's African-American. And this whole thing unfolded in Switzerland, of course, behind a, a taxi cab that she took or an Uber that she took. Uh, the driver was a foreigner in that country, just like she is in that country, right? What do you all think? What went wrong? This was a crazy one. I don't even know where to start. So you all tell me what you think. That, that, that whole conversation was very disrespectful towards the continent itself. Even if it came from a Caucasian person, a black person, to me, it doesn't matter. We should all respect different people regardless of where they're from. Yeah, of course, what she said was like completely crazy, disrespectful, disgusting. You could use all the words. But to me, like, she's talking about Trump, I'm guessing, right? If this was a, another president that I could kind of like, at least try to make sense of why she was upset. But the whole world knows Trump is a, <laughs> is crazy, right? So I don't even like see the point of like why. Uh, the whole world knows Trump is crazy. No, that's not a, that's not factual because people put Trump in office, right? If we disagree with him and I disagree not the with- Not world, <laughs> not people around the world. People in America, like some people in America put Trump to the office, office, but around the world, everybody, almost all the countries kind of are looking at America now as a laughing stock because of Trump. Yes, right. I don't agree with her the way she, you know, insulted, like Jay said, insulted the whole continent because one conversation she has with someone that she disagree with. But then was that about patriotism? Because she was defending her country and her president. That's what she said in the beginning of the conversation or at least on the tape that we listen to. I that don't has know. nothing to do with patriotism. Being a patriotic citizen Mm -hmm. comes with responsibilities and having respect for others, right? Just as Ulay says her, that she is not in support of Trump's behaviors, right? Doesn't mean that she's going to sit here and insult him and, 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 and chastise him. And you can disagree with someone in a very respectful way. I have my opinions when he comes to Trump. But what did the driver say that got her so upset? And I don't think whatever the driver says should have lead her to get in that upset. But there might have been something said from the driver that got her to get that the, the lack of respect. You said the lack of yes, respect. Yes, right? But at the same time, that doesn't warrant her to kind of come back in that manner and then insult a whole country. I think she was dead wrong. That That is already established, I think, among all of us. And hopefully, if you're watching, you're commenting below about what you think about this video. If you think she was right, you could say it below, too. Because when you um, read the comments on the video, people are also saying that the guy, the Uber driver or the taxi driver overstep his boundaries. When we are doing business, we mix it with pleasure. We start talking about politics. We start having conversations about everything. So is it okay to talk about politics when you're servicing someone or you should just be quiet? Uh, like, maybe because he was just trying to do small talks, being that the lady is from the U.S. And mm -hmm. like I said before, the whole world is kind of like, the U.S. is kind of like a laughing stock, stock right now because of Trump, right? And so usually, when you travel um, overseas, um, most people that are overseas, the first thing they talk about is like the U.S. president. If they uh, if they found out that you're a U.S. citizen or you live in the U.S., and so Trump is a subject of discussion in many places. She could have made her point because she does have like some points in there, but it's it's the way 
um, that she addressed the issue and the disrespectful nature of how she was talking to the guy and telling him to go back where he's from, etc. That was kind of out of line. And I think to Juka's question as to are we supposed to bring up political talks, especially if you're in a line of business where you have customers with your clients, as the one who's given the service to a client, I wouldn't start the conversation, you know, but if you start a conversation that is quite political. I walk in a field where I see thousands and thousands of people every single week, right? But then again, I live in Texas, which we all know is more of a Republican state. So with those two incidences, you have to also know that there are people like right now, if I, if I open my window, all my neighbors have Trump 2020 signs up. You have to understand how to basically live in this kind of society and how to navigate around. As a client, you come to me and say, oh my God, I cannot believe that people are gonna vote for Joe Biden, yada, yada, yada. I'm the one giving the service. I don't feel the need to engage myself because I know this thing is gonna walk me up to an extent. I'm not just going to be like, oh no, you are wrong, blah, 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 and just have a whole fight. I think I would just probably just nod my head and just keep it moving because I know this is a conversation that's going to walk me up. Not saying that you're not supposed to engage in it because normally they tell you at work and everywhere that two things that you cannot talk about is religion and politics. It may be that the Uber driver just assumed that being that this person is black because most people kind of okay. associate black people with being a Democrat. So she must he must have thought that this person is a Democrat and just yeah, that right. so you made the wrong assumption, but not all black people are Democrats. Well, I'm in a business the same way. I see a whole bunch of different people, people that believe in Trump, people that voted for Trump, people that die hard of Trump. And they always come up with these conversations about politics. All I have to do is listen and say, hmm, very interesting and move forward to my... You don't discuss politics when you're in service. I don't discuss politics when I'm in service. I don't discuss... You can have your opinions, and all I have to do is listen. She, if read. she did not agree with what the guy said, all she could have said would be, I'm really sorry. That's not my view about this guy, about Trump. And th that is my uh, country, and he's my president, and we respect the office. Not necessarily Trump, but we respect the office. And move on with the conversation. You don't have to cuss or insult a whole continent. It become a racial issue when you, if that was a white guy that had said that, or a Caucasian, however you may characterize the color of their skin, it would have been a whole bunch of rage from everyone else. So just because she's black and I'm black and she has that insult against black people, that does not make it right. I feel like every time you get into an, uh, an argument, right, with an African-American. There are jobs that are taken from both sides. Whether you're the African, you take jobs. Whether you're African-American, you take the jobs. Whether you're saying you African-Americans are this way or African-Americans telling Africans, and this happens a lot. I don't know if you guys have experienced it. I have experienced it before. When someone actually say, you Africans are this, you Africans are, and I think that's so hurtful, especially when we all believe that we all come from the same place, especially even white and black, we are all human race, but particularly the Africans and African-Americans, we are all Africans, really. We all came from the motherland. So I think that we should try to uplift each other. Just because you believe in one thing does not necessarily mean that I have to just, like I just have to throw jabs at a whole community. I believe like, that we are all born in whatever we believe in and people are gonna probably 
chase me with some bullets and knives with this but just just like some of us sometimes you know we think that being a muslim is just only the right thing and if you are a christian or believe in something else like it's it's the wrong thing right when we were just born into a religion so we have to be mindful we cannot be god and and create the laws and, and kill the people and tell you where you're going to hell or heaven we just have to be mindful with our words we are all just born into our beliefs and we just are born also into believing that we are republicans or democrats what do you think about the fact that she said foreigners because i feel like maybe this is something that she says often so she's in a foreign land she's a foreigner there but she said you don't know these foreigners so she probably forgot that she was not in the us anymore right and she, and she uh, could have actually made her point because there's some terrible african leaders out there that are even worse than trump right so she could have take it from that point in terms of hey you guys also have like bad leadership like why is africa still not developed obviously we all disagree with what she said um, that, that's already established like i said now we are also pointed always everywhere we go as africans africans this africans this this is the reality if we're being honest we have to keep it 100 like amy said before maybe our leaders are failing us to a point that everyone always points us as at us like Africa is dirt, Africa is that. Remember when Trump himself said the S word about Africa, right? It hurt, but then it's like, how can we take so much offense to it when in fact in, there is some of it that is also kind of true that our leaders are failing. What do we have to say about that? And well, Trump doesn't have any right to cause the whole continent. Africa is Africa because the West created Africa to where it wants to be. Now it's up to us like you said, to find the reason why we need to move forward so everyone does not call us as dirt or do something different. So there's a whole responsibility. If we want Africa to be not dirt, then the West need to step up and stop playing being hypocrites. The reason there is corruption in Africa is because it's supported by the West. There's at least about $500 billion that's taken away from Africa, especially in the Francophone country, that's taken to France. Because we, we've all acknowledged that Africa has a lot of issues, uh, a lot of developmental issues, etc. But you hardly ever go in Africa and find like homeless people, right? Even though we say, they say that Africa is trash, it's poor, but at least we take care of each other. Like there's a sense of family. In the U.S., why isn't the um, government taking care of all those homeless people? There's, so there's a lot of issues between both continents. So I don't think just jabbing and telling people, oh, you came from trash. There's a lot of good things in Africa. Yeah, we do have our challenges. We do have development issues, but so does the West too. I don't know, they just did a clap back there. So what we'll go ahead and do is jump onto the next hot soup and salvate on that. Now she can go ahead and salvate on what Ole just said. We also have a clap back on this show. We forgot to mention that on top of the hour. So stick around for that. It'll be a quick clap back. You don't want to miss it. I think this sisters are ready to give their clap backs. Okay, so what's the next hot soup that's cooking? So the next hot soup, should companies actually dig into people's social media platforms before they get hired or when they are looking to hire them. I don't think companies should uh, look at people's social media. Is this only, is there social? It's not a, a, a company media, it's social. It's their own personal lives. So they shouldn't look at social media before they hire anyone. I don't think they should. Companies will look at your social media because that's um, a more advanced way of doing background. Like previously, companies, would, before they hire you, they um, would do some type of a background, some, depending on what type of work it is. They will call family, friends, etc. But then now they even have it easier 
and it's cheaper, just go and look at the person's profile and see if that person's fit into your company's culture. So it's a responsibility of us to know what we post in social media. Ule, I totally agree with because social, non-social, whatever you call it, it's called background check. It doesn't say background check, it says social media. No, 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 no. no. Listen, why are we doing a background check? You doing a background check to check the credibility of the person you're about to hire to trust them in everything, whatever you're about to let them do. This is the perfect background that you can do. So people need to take responsibility. How is it a perfect background when you're already telling people to take the responsibility and everybody knows that they go and check social media. So you're gonna, you actually, this is actually, is you're contradicting yourself. Wait, no, 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 no. Because I am not you consciously know that they're going to check it. So you're going to make sure all the time that you are the perfect angel when in fact you might not be. I am not contradicting myself. What, what your way of life is, is not something you can pick or choose and do today and skip tomorrow just because people are, people act stupid. They go to the clubs and they act crazy. They use drugs. They use, that's your normal life. You cannot tell me you've never used drugs before. And then one day you're just going to use, use drugs just because you wanted to have fun. You didn't hear my point, but that's okay. I still okay. heard your point. I am saying that social media is the perfect way of checking someone's background, period. Uh, just because just because people know that companies are going to look at social media. You're going to be on your own, number one. I have gone through someone's social media that I was supposed to hire to look at their work and see if they posted their work. And I wanted to know what their social activities were. And do they know anyone in the industry that I know that I can probably get in contact with because I don't want to use their reference. Number two is I was hit by a drunk driver, a hit and run. And when the police report came, I actually went to see what they looked like and who they were. And my easiest way to get them was to actually go on Facebook and search for their name. And guess what? I found out every single information that I needed to know from them. If you're watching right this second, you don't like it, you agree with me or you don't agree, agree with me, the jobs are going to get into your social media. They are actually doing you know it right that. Hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, They're actually doing it right this second that we're speaking. Let me tell you something. Even the embassies that issue visas are getting into your social media platforms and what they do sometimes is they actually ask for your password and log in right then and there in front of you to do it i have no i know people that they're going to do and they actually do it so if you are watching and you don't like what you post and you're posting stuff that you probably know for a fact that might affect your life go ahead and delete it because social media like jay and ole said is the easiest and the fastest background check and not just walk also like if you're being investigated for whatever reason like I've what? had, yeah, I've had that, whether it's the FBI or whoever's, the first thing they will do is they will actually check to see whether you have a social media or not. And you know what, actually, they like if you don't have a social media in this day and age, that's like a red flag because they feel like, oh, you're hiding something. And then the next thing they do is they're going to look for people, people that are within your circle and look at their social media activities and what type of activities they are engaged and, in. And Ole, just like the hush puppy case, if you're, if you're watching and you're familiar with that case, the easiest and fastest way that they were able to get Hush Puppy and got his address and every single detail about him was actually from Instagram and social media. They the FBI were following him on social media for the past five years. So you just got you just have to be careful. No matter what you do in life, I think you have to be responsible. You have to take responsibilities of your own actions. If okay. you're someone who sit on social media and fight every single day, you have to take responsibility of those actions. If you're someone who, who go and scam and take your money and flaunt it on social media, you have to take responsibility of those actions. I am a social media 
fanatic. Like I, everyone who knows me knows I am social media 24 seven, but trust me, I know exactly what I'm posting and why I'm posting it. And I have a reason to post every single thing I post. Okay, so on that note, I'm gonna skip my kitchen here and come over to your side of your kitchen and eat the soup with you guys for the first time on this show, hallelujah. So oh. no, you guys are right. Also one other thing, since we're talking about social media posts, people have to be like very, very cognizant in terms of their security as well. But there are certain things that you post, like it's like a gold mine for Hango. I could call out like a couple of pages that I've been to and I'm like, whoa. Like this is kind of like a daydream for a hacker. They could just go literally and steal all of your information, especially people that post information about their kids, saying like their kids' date of birth and saying the name of the kids. That's like the hackers already got all the information and they can literally like build a new profile and build a new person and build a credit card information around that person. Wow. So, and then also when you talk about security, I'm really getting to that side of the kitchen to really eat that soup with you guys now. <laughs> the bell is ringing, ding, ding, ding. Okay, when you say security, even like, what about if you're a girl, right? And everywhere you are going, you are you are you not you are snapping or your location is on. If somebody wants to do something to you, God forbid, but we are just saying if somebody wants to stop you or whatever, those are the easiest way someone can actually come to I think it's really, really kind of scary the era that we live in. And if you're watching, just to be responsible, even though I was sitting on one side eating the soup by myself, I was just saying companies should not. And I'm still gonna say companies should not do it, but that's not the reality. This is my own fantasy, right? The reality is if you're watching and you're young, be very cognizant, be very careful what you put out there on social media of your life for job and security reasons. When you talked about uh, security reason, I think there was a lady that was actually robbed because of the fact that they, they knew that she was not at home because everything, she had her location on everywhere she went, she had it and she was showing when she left home, when she's coming back home, blah, blah, blah. So they were able to go into her house and rob her. So wow. there are things that we do that we don't pay attention to, but it has some real bad implications at the end of the day. So we should- So the key is make sure you turn off your location on your phone from your settings. You can post however much you want to post. You can post where you are and all that stuff. But your location on your phones need to be turned on. People do not need to know where you are. The only people that need to know where you are is your family, your loved ones. Since you're the social media queen, what about, is this, a, is this a better idea to wait until you're done with whatever is happening before you post it? Because if you are watching the Jay-Z uh, concert and you say, I'm at the Jay-Z concert right now, if somebody, even if you turn off your location, right? that's giving out information and also so you can enjoy exactly what you were actually living because if you live your life on social media that moment exact that moment i feel like you wouldn't have the time to really enjoy the atmosphere of what's going on so that's that's the ideal thing to do do we do it no we don't right but again if it doesn't <laughs> I'm just gonna be factual, right? I don't, and a lot of people that I know, do, they don't. You post in the moment because things like Snapchat is in the moment, right? The ideal thing to do here is to just turn off your location. If I post that I'm a Jay, I'm at a Jay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If I post that I'm at a Jay-Z concert, I'm just at a Jay-Z concert. My location is not in the post. I, I could be in a whole stadium where you will not know what part of the stadium I am in. It's uh, it's twofold. Like Amy said, it's kind of, it's, it's the reality that we're living in with all the technology. It is it is what it is. But yeah, the first precaution is turning off your location. location. But like Inka said, 
Yeah, but like Juka said, um, if you say you at the AT&T Arena, and if these people are really like trying to rob your house, they could they know like what time to get to your house because you're not there. Yeah. Just come to the side of the kitchen and let's eat this soup together. I mean, the honest truth is they are, there is risk in posting every moment that you're in. But hey, life itself is risky, right? I'm say, I'm not saying that post every single detail, your house address, you would never see me post anything that is going to show my house address or show the street address or anything. You would just have it because this is for security reasons. There's this family that actually have a YouTube channel and they've moved so many times because every single time they move, someone is going to find their location. Wow. Right. And they have become so big now that they have to make sure that they live in a private gated area. But again, that just tells you that people, like people would know. People would, people, if people want to make effort oh, yeah. to know where you live, there's nothing you can do to stop them from knowing. Now, again, turning your location off, making sure that you're not storing, showing too many streets, like on your pages. These are things that you could do to avoid it. The only person that's safe within all of you is the one that does not have any idea about social media, and it's myself. Actually, I do not toss, turn my location on. No, you're not, you're not is, sure. I bet you if I turn, look at your phone right now, you did not turn your location off. Every no. time I go no. onto Google, it will ask for me to turn on my location and I deny it. That's how I know it's off. Oh, oh, look, Amy. I'm a rookie when it comes to social media, but I'm not a rookie to know things that are supposed to be turned on and off. But so. I think the key thing is just making sure we, we're careful in terms of like what's being posted out there. You do not want to post your kid's name you do not want to post like the date of birth of your kid because those are like two critical information that anybody, that's like the easiest way to steal people's information. Well, I guess on that note, I went to that side of the kitchen, like I said before, and Amy did come to my side, but mm -mm. you didn't want to, but you should. Okay, uh, comment below. What do you think are the riskiest things that people do on social media and put it out there. So perhaps somebody that's watching and reading the comments might also be careful of those things because yes it's how we talk and we make light of it but it's also information that we could all learn from hopefully and we will move on to the last part of this show which is the sisters clap back yes and we are gonna clap back today let me put my pen down yeah who are you clapping back with over there <laughs> there was this guy on our social media and again we love everyone but we just gotta clap back we just saying so this guy said to us on our video, we are all disabled because we're not covering ourselves. Dr. Mams is the only one that covers herself in the family, so she's not part of this clapback. I think he's more disabled than we are because he's judging us. <laughs> he's not He's not God, he shouldn't be judging us and that make him disabled. So literally, the guy really said that. And he's, he's serious, he said, this is the biggest disability that you guys have. I, I'm not quoting in verbatim, but this is what he said pretty much. And you guys should go ahead and cover yourself. In the eyes of God, you guys are all disabled. I'm not I'm not sure if I agree with him just because we don't cover our, ourselves, we're disabled. But as human, we all have a sense, some sense of disability in one aspect or the other. There's something we are we're not all perfect. That's that's all I can say. So the only Perfection is with God. And thank you, brother, for thinking we are imperfect. And we agree we are imperfect, for sure. <laughs> thank God.
Michael and back to him is that he's thinking that we, we are disabled because we're not covering ourselves. But the key thing is that's between me and our God. I think the biggest disablement is judging other people or talking about other people behind their back. I think those are some key things that we should all be wearing off. But what I do between me and my God, that's between me and my God. And I will bring a veil and I'll cover myself. Because he's right, he has a point. Maybe we should be hijabs just like Dr. Mouse. My mom would be very happy. Let's go to the next card back on that note. <laughs> yeah. Baby, so you don't believe me? You can let's go to the next card back, please. <laughs> All right. So let us know what you think your clapback would be for that if you were actually also part of that group. Next clapback. A guy actually made a comment on actually on what's on Gambia. The only reason why you believe that women should not look into their husband's phone or their boyfriend's phones is because you're dating a married man. Are you? Wait, what happened? Yuka, are you dating a married man? And where did you get this from? A guy said the only reason why you say that women should not look into their men's phone is because you're dating a married man. <laughs> okay. So my clapback is... Yes, you are dating a married man. Next. <laughs> How are you gonna clap back for me? Okay, this is what it is. Let me just tell the audience in case they don't know. So, okay. Remember, you guys remember the last show that we did? And I actually said that, and it was during the hot soup. And I, and I said, I don't believe women should look in their husband's phone or any woman, whether you're married or not, you shouldn't be snooping on your partner's phone because sometimes you might see what you don't like. And anyways, you're gonna stay. Most women, if a relationship ain't right, it doesn't mean they bounce the same day. They try to make it work. This is the truth. And this is my, this is why I was saying that. And Western Gambia is a big uh, network that writes about, they kind of like TMZ of Gambia, if we've been honest. So they write controversial stuff. So they wrote about this, right? Said one of the comments on the bottom said, Amy, you said what? If I'm married, if I'm... You're dating a married man. So they ask if I'm dating a married man. And my answer is... They didn't ask. They say the only reason why you don't want... Why you actually said that, what you said, is because you're dating a married man. Oh, so it's a statement. Yeah. Yes. It's not it. a question. It's a statement. And I believe it. Don't you guys... Okay, you guys are saying this too much because now people are going to... Okay, let me listen, Lindas. Lindas, listen. <laughs> There's no truth to this. I'm single. I'm not dating. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm a celibate. Mm -mm. So take me out of that equation. So that's you, my are you not. Are you single? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are not married, but you are not <laughs> single. I'm not married. I'm single. I'm actually a nun. Okay, this is another comment. They said Juka should get her life in order because it seems like <laughs> Like you're not ready for commitment or you're not ready to settle down. So you're not dating a married man? Next. So let's move on to the next one then. Okay, so that's my clap back. And so on the same topic and on the same post, there's another guy who actually agreed with you and says, he said, look on your phone and I didn't look on my phone. Basically, you know, practice your own religion. Let me practice my own religion, right? 
But 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 this is the thing though. I was not here during that conversation, and I want to say this. I am going to be in your phone. I mean, actually inside your phone. If you don't want that, that means you're not to be trusted. I, listen, listen to me. We should share the same passwords. I can get into your phone and have no problems with it, and you could be able to get into my phones, and I would not have any problems with it. Now, unless and until you are doing some illegal and some suspicious activities, I will be all in your business, sir. One of the comments said, I think this was Mike Toma, Juka, Juka Lion Dabo, right? She said, I will dig and dig and dig. And guess what? Another person said, you dig and dig until you dig your way to divorce and then you sit home on your own. She's saying that Amy will dig her way to divorce. And you bury, until you bury yourself in a, a single forever life. All right, this was all fun and games. So uh, if we clap back at your comment, right? No point in intended. It's all love. We love you guys. So thank you for taking the time and making the comments. But the other one though, the hijab one, I don't know. Please stop telling us to hijab. We will do it when we get older. All right, thank you ladies. This was a, definitely a great conversation and I would like to take this moment to thank our Fana Fana brother, Coach Pa Sambajau, and we would love to see him again sometime. And also we would like to thank all of our sister squads. We see all your comments, all the support. There's but, brother, there's oh, brother. yeah, there's a brother too. Uh, brothers and sisters, uh, the first one is Kutan, all the way from Nigeria. We see your support, always commenting, supporting us to move forward. And then the other one is our brother, Tyler Joke, all the way from Gambia. We see the support, we appreciate it, all the shares, all the commentary. So thank you all. And don't also forget to enter our mentor on the spot, um, leave us a message, send us videos, and also don't forget to comment, like, and share our video. As always, the mentor on the spot is actually going to close very soon, so hurry up and send out those videos and uh, tag us, mentor on the spot, and the sister show. So, on that note, we're going to say thank you guys so much. Keep commenting and sharing. We love you guys so much. Yeah, oh my god, now we're going to play struggling. Good job. Okay, good, good. Okay, bye guys. We love you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms to stay connected. Turn by turn, everything in life is turn by turn. Brother man, relax and wait for your turn. Everything in life is turn by turn.